Hey everyone, and welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange Podcast. Every week, agents, specialists, and growers from around the state chat about what's happening in the field and discuss the latest crop weather, insect, disease, and weed issues, as well as timely reminders and information related to fruit and vegetable production in South Carolina. Remember, you can read weekly field updates and register for upcoming events by visiting the SC Grower blog at sccrower.com. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange. Um, today is August 17th, 2021, and we are going to uh, see what's happening around the state and then get an update from Andy Rollins. He's one of our extension agents here in the upstate. So we're really excited for that. Um, I hope everybody's doing well this week and uh, staying healthy. So we're gonna get started around the state and we'll go ahead and start with Andy since he's gonna have to come back around at the end. What you got going on, Andy? A uh, lot of disease, plenty of rain. Uh, need a canoe, um, plenty of soil-borne diseases on squash, uh, fusarium, uh, phytopter on peppers, um, you name it, um, we got it. Disease-wise, um, a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, production's okay. We're still picking um, a few peaches. Uh, we're toward the end of that. A lot of problems there too, but we're picking some, so we're happy than we were earlier this year. Yeah, I think I think that's the the common theme we're going to hear through most everybody's reports. But what about um, fall plantings? What what do people have put in where you are? We got fall tomatoes going in um, late. Uh, one guy got COVID and putting in really really late. To me, it's a little bit late to be putting in at this point. But um, we have some um, greens put being put in. Um, that's about it. Um, finished with most of our, we still have late planting the squash that are just starting. Um, we got some issues there with um, young blooms dying and that kind of thing. Uh, those weren't just, plant, those are ones that are just starting to produce that they weren't just planted. But. Yeah, yeah. So some of our fall crops are just starting to, starting to produce. So that's good. Um, all right. So Andy, since I get to host, um, and I didn't introduce myself to the to the listeners, but my name is Carrie Roach, and I am an agent in the Upstate as well. Um, and so, my question for all the agents this week is: What's been your favorite grower visit this season, and why? So, do you have one to give us, Andy? Okay. My favorite visit was going to Bob Hall Bush and Vine to help set up the Farm of the Year program. All right. That's always a good experience to have when you get a farmer of the year. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and we're happy to hear that for him. Thanks, Andy, so much. Um, let's move on further down the state. Um, Bruce, what do you have going on? Well, it's, um, you know, uh, as far as soil conditions down here, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, the, the areas that have gotten rain, is uh, it's fairly wet. The areas that haven't gotten rain is fairly dry. I know it's uh, it's it's pushed us back as far as uh, 
our butter bean planting out there at the PD Rec, uh, we were hoping to maybe start uh, yesterday, and and it's still it was it was a bit dusty out there. So we're just waiting for this rain to come on through, and we're going to get out there and, and go ahead and do our our fall planting of uh, of uh, Tony Melton's uh, butter bean project, and uh, kind of you know go ahead and continue with that on. But it's uh, as far as crops, um, yeah, still still picking a lot of uh, really good, uh, really good produce. It's uh, we've got some, um, still got uh, yeah, some uh, some some squash that uh, that has just gone in, and some some cucumbers has just gone in, you know, for really late harvest. We've got uh, uh, as far as uh, fall crops coming up, we've got uh, actually we've got quite a bit of uh, of, of pumpkin. Uh, surprisingly, and that's that's not a crop that, that we really think of, you know, growing, you know, down here next to the, you know, toward the coast. But it's um, there's actually uh, some some acreage of pumpkin that was put in, and then it looks really good, uh, you know, a lot of it. So um, we're we're hoping that that, that kind of holds together, you know, the, the the wheels don't come off the apple cart on that. One. And but um, you know, it uh, I, about like everybody else, you know, we got uh, all this rain. It, it looks like it's going to be coming in for the next couple of days. So, um, you know, not, nothing, nothing major, but it's uh, you know definitely some beneficial rain in in spots. Well, it's hard to imagine when you're talking about dust right now. It's it's a monsoon outside my office today, um, so that's kind of hard to imagine, but. I think everybody's going to get at least a little bit of moisture off of the system that's moving through. So, um, all right. So Bruce, have you had a memorable field visit this year so far? And if so, what, it, what was it and why? Oh, uh, let's see, I guess probably this one would actually been earlier in the year. It was, uh, it was on strawberries. It was, uh, for a new grower. Uh, you know, he, um, or are they, uh, you know, they're, they're growing blueberries and, you know, primarily blueberries, but, but they had put in some, uh, some strawberries and it was really nice to see, you know, that, that they were just, that they were paying a lot of attention to them, uh, you know, really uh, just had a really, really good crop that, that come out of. Awesome. Yeah. That's always fun to go visit a new grower that's excited and, and seems to be doing all the right things. So, all right. Well, thanks, Bruce. Let's head on uh, towards the coast. Um, Zach, what do you have going on? Well, it is raining. Uh, it has been raining, and I think it's going to continue to rain, and maybe even more rain in the forecast. So I've seen fields that, you know, should drain pretty well. You know, the ditches are full. The ditches have three foot of water in them. So um luckily for us it's kind of in in between seasons right now all our spring stuff is is done spring summer stuff is done and really we need to get stuff in the ground for the fall um, it's kind of getting late for some tomatoes and things but some folks have already got those in the ground uh, they look real yellow right now anything that's in the, been in the ground is yellow and just very weak looking it's just because they've had damp soil you know for weeks on end now so hopefully it'll dry out at some point in time and we can get them some fertilizer and, and push them pretty good. But, um, you know, only thing really looking good right now is okra and uh, sunchokes. That's one of my favorite uh, kind of off the wall crops is, is when you see those. It's a, <laughs> one farmer said you only plant it once. 
because um, it comes back every year. But um, so they're they're looking good. Um, but uh, you know, um, just kind of looking forward to it drying out some, hopefully. Yeah, I'll um, I'll put my boat in and head your way. Yeah, think, just think, yeah, it, it flows downhill, so you want to get. You can just flow your way down. right now. That's right. All right, so uh, sounds like you know about the same across the state, but on a positive note, Zach, if you had to give your favorite uh, field visit this season, what what would it be and why? Yeah, so uh, Philip Carnley, he's a, a new agent uh, in Orangeburg. He and I did a ride around the other day, and we went to a farm. It's kind of a, a mixed-use um, farm. They grow a little bit of everything from ginger and taro and galangal to bananas and uh, peppers and just all kind of stuff. And it was just really neat uh, getting to show him uh, that farm and the diversity on that farm. And they do things really different from you know a typical commercial farmer. Um, which to me really kind of highlights the diversity that we have in South Carolina and the, the diversity of crops and people and things that we can grow. Um, and that farm also allows other farmers to come on their land and grow some things. And so there's a flower farmer that rents land from this farm. And so there's just always like a buzz of like young people um, there, you know, and they're, they're doing everything from harvesting bananas and peppers to, you know, you know, making cut flower arrangements. So it's really cool to kind of see that community um, there and how they work together and kind of leverage resources and, and, and use each other to, to make it the whole system better. So that's really cool to see. Well, that actually is a great lead in because our next update is gonna be from Philip. We're gonna put you on the spot. I think this was your first grower exchange that you reported on, is that correct? That is correct. Uh, All right. So what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, not a whole bunch right now in Orangeburg or Calhoun counties. We've still got some uh, cucumbers that are in the ground starting to grow. Unlike the rest of the state, we've actually been fairly dry. We're catching a little bit of rain right now, so uh, it's much appreciated, um, but no, nothing like what you're seeing up there, Carrie. Um, but yeah, we I scouted some hemp uh, earlier or late last week, first of this week, and uh, starting to see some uh, uh, southern blight come in, um, which should is right on time for, for hemp. Um, but that's really about it for our for our area. We've got some growers that are starting to get ready for uh, fall crops. Uh, most of your brassicas, collards um, is the big one here. Um, but that's pretty much about it. Um, well, it's hard to believe that you've been been dry through all the rain that the rest of us have had. So I guess I guess it's it all depends on what pockets you're in in the state for sure. Well, it seems to be skirting around the lake a little bit. Uh, so I know Sumter County, where I live, has been pretty pretty wet. Um, so yeah. it's just gone a little north northeast of us. Yeah. Well, Philip, you haven't been here that long, but do you have a favorite visit, farm visit that you've been on so far? Well, that's hard to pin down since I've been here so so short of a time frame, but uh, <laughs> I've had several really awesome visits with Zach. Um, 
and uh, Justin around the state and Rob as well. Um, but the one that I, I reckon you could say stands out the most to me so far is uh, one here in Orangeburg. It was uh, the hemp grower. Uh, he's a retired uh, state of state uh, educator. Um, so he and I connected on a personal level because he knew all the ag educators from around the state that influenced me and my career choice uh, coming coming up. Well, that's pretty cool. It's kind of neat how wires cross like that. All right, so now it's my turn. Uh, as I said earlier, my name is Carrie Roach and I'm an extension agent in the golden corner of Coney Pickens and Anderson counties. And really the name of the game has been disease activity the last week or so. Um, lots of disease activity, heat, humidity has been high. Um, everything's coming in now. So it's been, it's been a tough row to hoe. And I think that a lot of growers, those smaller market growers are kind of at the end of things and, you know, starting to slow down. And one of the big messages that I keep telling people is don't leave it in the field. Um, if you have a smaller field uh, garden area for a market garden, make sure you get that dead disease material out of the garden, um, remove it so that you're able to, you know, plant, rotate and not have as many issues there next year. Um, we don't want to leave that disease debris laying around. It's just going to create problems uh, in the future. The other thing is that if you are doing some fall planting, making sure that you have a market for that fall planting um, when it comes off. Many of the smaller farmers markets usually stop at the end of August or early September. Um, so making sure that you have a market planned out for where that product is gonna be sold before you even put it in the ground. Super important, um, especially for those smaller growers, knowing that market, that is always the first thing. You have got to have that product virtually sold before you even put it in the ground or have a pretty solid plan of where it's going. So if you are doing a fall, um, fall garden, any kind of fall planting, make sure that you're you know, looking ahead at where you're gonna do any kind of sales and that kind of thing. Um, you know, and I think hopefully we are gonna dry out a little bit later on this week, maybe, hopefully, and, and look into the next week for some decent weather to get, get things growing for the fall. All right, so now we're gonna take a deep dive um, with Accenture agent Andy Rollins. And we've already heard his update, but we wanna kind of get into what he's been working on this summer and spring um, and see what's been going on um, in his area, specifically maybe some trials that he's been working on and things that's been happening in his neck of the woods. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, one of the things I'm really proud of that I've enjoyed doing work on this year, and I actually installed it last year, uh, is one of my, it's a muscadine trial, but it actually includes some selections of uh, a cross, uh, it's a cross between a muscadine and a bunch grape from Gardens Alive, and they've allowed me to have some of their plant material, and I put some material in from the University of Georgia program, um, some of their uh, newer varieties, uh, alongside of the regular muscadines, alongside with some of these crosses 
uh, to see how they'll do. And I've got the, the, the Omai and the Razmataz, which are named crosses, which are crosses between the Muscadon and the Bunch Grape. But then I've got six that, that I put in this year that are, um, have done well in California that are advanced selections from their program. It's just something different, Carrie. You know, um, I think Muscadon has a lot more potential to do well in our area. It grows well. It's a strong plant. And some people just don't like the stronger flavors that go with the muscadine. And so some of these crosses, I think, have potential to really become big uh, if we can get them to survive and do well in the southeast. So it's interesting, just something to try new. You know, you start getting older, you want to try something a little different, you know. So that's one of the trials I'm doing that I'm enjoying. That's pretty cool. That sounds like something that there's a lot of... Um maybe transplants for sure that would be interested in that. I think a lot of Southerners that are born and raised here tend to grow up on the muscadine and they, they are the ones that typically like them. I had yep, to grow older. into it. I I'm a fan of muscadines, but I was not when I first moved South. Oh, um, I was the same way, Carrie. I didn't like them to begin with either. And they kept giving them to me and they give me like a half a basket. I'm like, there's no way I can eat that many. <laughs> And then I just, now I can go through a whole basket. It's like most people eat peanuts during football season and I, I normally eat muscadines. I know I'm ready. I'm ready for, for those visits for sure. So what else? That sounds really cool. I think there's yeah, some that's exciting a good one. things. What else is going on? Yeah. So I did, we did uh, two other trials this year with Wayne Mitchum and North Carolina state and uh, doing herbicide trials. And so really didn't expect much of it. Um, one of the grower, we did two different grower trials, two different materials, new materials that are coming out. And, you know, a lot of these, you don't really see that much difference unless you're really looking at all the statistics and all, but as a county agent, you know, I just went through with the grower and, and some things that they had not seen. Um, the grower and I just went through and marked off the plots without knowing what was where, uh, where we saw the best control of certain treatments were even to this point, these are, these are treatments that were put in, um, you know, late winter, early spring, uh, before any growth began, and we're still seeing control now. Um, and so even doing it randomly, the grower and I both were able to pick out uh, the, you know, the main standard is Aleon uh, for underneath most of our trees, and it's the newest, best thing, but uh, there's a new product called Break-On, uh, where it was combined with Matrix, and with a, a burn down uh, rely treatment uh, really performed a little bit better than the Aleon um, with the rely treatment. So, and, um, but it's pretty cool, you know, even though just cooperating with them because they, they need places for farms to do. And as an agent, I enjoy helping set those up. And then also what the grower and I get, it's not just, they get the technical data, they get the research publications and all of that, but from our standpoint and from a grower education standpoint, we get to go through and practically nitpick, you know, which ones worked best, you know, our opinion, you know, big picture wise, rather than we didn't do individual plot ratings. We just walked through each rep and picked which one is the cleanest, you know what I mean? And it ended up working out that all of our ratings and the scientific ratings were, they actually matched up good. So but yeah. I really enjoyed that. I didn't expect to see anything out of that trial. And uh, the other one is doing really well too, but I think the product they're using theirs hasn't been released yet. So I can't really say it, but 
it's going to be so overpriced. I don't think that the other trial, although it was exceptional, it's going to be just so outrageously priced uh, unless the market changes some that it's not yeah. going to be real practical. But this other one, I think, has some potential to really um, work its way into the market. So it's cool to see that stuff before it really gets out there, you know, and um, yeah. be on that front leading edge of things. Um, we're, we're really blessed, Carrie, you know, to do what we do and be able to help growers and educate, but also be able to see some of the new things as agents that the researchers, you know, kind of be that middleman. So I, I really enjoy my job. I enjoy doing what we do. And um, yeah, I think that's awesome, especially that you're able to see some of those effects, you know, just visually without having to look at the actual data, you know, walk in the field with a grower and being able to pick that out. That's, that's always a good feeling because you know that something's really working in that situation. Yeah, because we didn't look at which treatment was where. We just went, walked each row and said, this is the best, you know, these, this one is clean, this one is clean. And um, the only one it actually outperformed the, the Alien was the Matrix with the break on, and it was in all four reps. The Alien only showed up in three of the four reps as being a clean treatment, you know, so. I yeah. just thought that was really cool that it, you know, it worked out like it you actually, know. yeah. Yeah. It's not very yeah, often when that, not, when that happens. The number of trials I've failed at where I've spent a lot of time and effort and then not, you know, really had anything to show for it that was significant, you know. That's right. And that might be something, you know, I, as, as extension agents, you know, we all kind of have our own um, niche niches, I guess is the official word, but um, I know Andy, you, you really enjoy doing the trials. I'm not a big trial person. Like that's just not my wheelhouse, but I see what you do and the number of times that you end up, you know, some of these trials, when they fail, it's really a success in the long run. Cause you're learning, you're helping that grower figure out, no, these, these things don't work. Don't waste your money on that. So when yeah. you finally get one that works and it's so obvious, you know, that's, I know that's got to be a good feeling. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And even when they do fail though, you know, a lot of times that, those are the, like a lot of times I'm doing things that the grower wants to investigate, that, that the grower is, so it's even more than the research itself, it's showing interest because these growers are very intelligent at what they do. In a lot of ways, they're more intelligent. That's not more intelligent. They're a different kind of intelligence than what our specialists are. And so, and a lot of times it gets missed because a lot of our research dollars wants to go towards certain, and, and there's, that pull is definitely there and, and we try to help them all we can, but I try to, the things I try to do, try to, I try to tailor them to what their thinking may have happened or, or what they think, but don't, don't have the capacity to tr put a trial in themselves that they want help with. So that's kind of the direction if I can get a researcher to actually do the research, I'll do that hands down, but yeah. I, I do enjoy it because, you know, you see what I mean? It ties in their, their mental, what they're seeing and what they think is going to work or not work in a given situation. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Andy. That's really exciting. And, and we're really glad that you enjoy doing that. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's really cool because as we get to know, each of the different agents through these podcasts, you'll hear all of them talk, you know, you really get an idea of where their passions lie and what they enjoy doing. And you can tell, um, I wish you could see Andy's face right now because he's excited about what he does and he loves doing it. 
Um, so he really, really enjoys um, finding out the best options for growers and, and working with them. So I just want to thank everybody today. I think it was a great grower exchange. Um, stay safe, stay dry, and have a wonderful week.